Welcome to the Open House Podcast. Conversations exploring life, faith and hope with Stephen O'Doherty. Well, as I mentioned during the week, it was also settled, unsettled. (laughs) <laughs> and left and left with the Senate committee by the end of it all, the question of religious freedom in Australia. And it, the battleground, I suppose, is this issue about whether schools can or even want to discriminate against kids who identify as LGBTI. And there's the ancillary question, equally powerful and equally up for grabs, I'd have to say, at the end of uh, a week of listening to the p- various parties, the question of whether schools can employ people of their faith and determine what that means in terms of their own faith. I guess one of the central questions is, who gets to decide what a church says are the characteristics of people who are of that faith? Is it a, is it a tribunal? Is it the parliament? Because historically... As Tim Costello reminded us, historically, that's been the state interfering in church affairs. And just as it would be wrong for the church to determine state affairs, the flip side is right. You know, religious freedom is both, it works both ways. The separation of church and state works both ways. And uh, on our text line, 0448402020, by the way, if you want to text tonight, uh, someone asks, is it true that not one, not one child, has ever been expelled from school because they said they were homosexual. Well, that's a story I can put to our next guest, someone who's been on the program several times this year, and a former colleague of mine, Mark Spencer, from Christian Schools Australia. Good evening, Mark. Good evening, Stephen. How are you? Very well, thank you. And let's come to that question first. Is it true, asks my texter, that not one child has ever been expelled from school because they said they were homosexual? Across my nearly 30 years with Christian schools, I'm not aware of any child uh, where that's happened. A couple have claimed that's the case, but uh, when you actually look at the detail, it's, it's just not true. And that is the problem. There are claims and counterclaims. And of course, this is not an easy area of human uh, relationship or emotion. Mark, um, do schools want to be able to discriminate against gay kids? Christian no. schools, I mean. Yeah, certainly not. Um, we don't want to discriminate against kids solely on the basis of their same-sex attraction or their issues they're struggling with around gender identity. We've well, been very clear about that all the way through this discussion. Yeah, and as we've uh, ventilated on the show a few times over what's been a very big year on this question, the issue then is about the right to teach. So without going into all of those details tonight, because there are plenty of open house podcasts on this subject, including um, some of your learned words throughout the year, Let's go to what happened during the week. So you started last week. In fact, this time last week, we were chatting on this very program, and you were saying, if you're concerned about this issue, Christians, ring your MPs, ring your senators, and I know that you're asking uh, people in your school movement to pray and to do the same thing, because the legislation was up for grabs. So how did Monday start for you? And look, I I have to say, in in all honesty, the the impact of walking into a, a senator's office and and uh, hearing their staff on the phone to people calling about these issues and trying to to explain to them, yes, we are concerned about religious freedom. Yes, we know it's a complicated issue. That that was an incredibly powerful uh, part of of making sure that the senators were aware of some of the community concern around. Well, wow. so around yes, these when issues. you walk into one of those members' offices, the uh, person doing reception duties for the moment is sitting right there. So they're both. Mm receiving people at the door and they're also answering the phone. You're saying you walked in as the Christian Schools representative and people were on the phone going, yes, we understand your issues, and they were talking about your issue. 
Exactly. <laughs> oh, we were had, there's a couple of times where we had to wait while they, they finished that call with someone who was exactly on the, the issue we were coming to talk to them about, and that's, that's incredibly powerful. Now, so when you spoke with the MPs and senators, do you think that made an impact on them? Absolutely. Um, I'd have to say, look, we wouldn't be, we're not in a, in, a, in a great place in many ways now, but we're certainly in a far better place now than we were last Sunday, and that is no small measure due to the impact of uh, your listeners, other people, other concerned Christians making those calls to the, their Santa's offices and praying as well. I mean, uh, it, uh, we, we saw miracles happen this week, and I don't say that lightly. Uh, no, you don't say that lightly, but you are a man of faith. Well, how do you think that affected... Because the, in, the, in the Parliament, in the Chamber, in the Senate, where this was all playing out, it was, well, down and dirty. I mean, it was bare-knuckle politics in some respects, people being accused of homophobia and all of this sort of stuff. Well, on Monday, we were within 10 minutes of a vote on the legislation, and I'd have to say at that point, from the information we were receiving... Uh, we were likely to lose that vote. But then things shifted. Uh, the Centre Alliance um, senators from South Australia, Senator Patrick and Griff, um, were being impacted by, by We Think Prayer and also the calls uh, that, that our officers were receiving and started to say, hang on, there's actually more to this issue than we've been told. We need some more time to think about this. And they support a, a government motion to, to defer debate, to remove the time limit on that. So within 10 minutes of a vote being taken, it was pulled out of, out of the Senate. And that, that's, that's amazing. That's incredible. Now, the government was using parliamentary um, tactics. By the way, there's nothing wrong with that. People said, oh, they use parliamentary tactics. Yeah, well, that's what the parliament is there for. And we've got a Westminster-style parliament, and it does shape the way our democracy plays out. Um, it has to shape it the way that it's played out. Otherwise, our democracy is broken. I don't subscribe abs to the view. Subscribe to the view, either of those. Ascribe to the view that our democracy is broken when people are using the apparatus to try to protect their mm. argument. But anyway, that's, I guess, an esoteric argument for another day. So the government was using these um, uh, tactics on the floor of the parliament, um, but the opposition was, was fighting back. So there was that day when uh, it looked like it would go to a vote. Within minutes, it didn't. And as you said, the pivotal moment was these two Centre Alliance senators deciding they wanted a bit more time to think about it. Now, mm. did you were you able to speak with them during the week? Uh, we weren't able to speak to, their, to them. Uh, we did, obviously, uh, knock on their, their offices a number of times mm -hmm. and, and spoke briefly to, to staff around these issues. Um, uh, and uh, that was certainly something that, that uh, you know, we appreciated the opportunity to do that. They knew we were around and, and they, they received our concerns. So the fact that they have um, agreed to hold it off and then right, right at the end of the week, it, the government's motion that it should be decided, sorry, it should be referred to a Senate committee, yep. that was eventually so, passed, wasn't it? Yeah, so on Monday we had that, that you know, 10 minutes before the, the, the vote was scheduled um, the Centre Alliance Santas decided, uh, again, by Wednesday, they were in a position to, to actually move forward and uh, had time to consider the motion. At that point, we had another miracle where the, where the opposition actually withdrew their bill uh, because they didn't like uh, the, the form that it was, they thought it was going to take. The Centre Alliance had indicated they were going to support some of the government's amendments and the opposition, again, within 30 minutes of, of it due to, to going to debate, withdrew their bill and, and that was off. And uh, you know, that was, again, we believe God's hand at work in that. 
Um, and then towards the end of the week, after the uh, after the House had actually risen, the Senate agreed to a motion by the Senate Alliance, Senator, Senator Patrick, to put this off to a committee which will be reporting um, in early February. By which time you would think we might have the Ruddock Committee's report out there, at least you'd hope so. You'd certainly hope so. I mean, that would, as, as I think uh, Tim Costello very, very wisely put, now, religious freedom is the foundation of our society. It's the foundation of all other freedoms. And we want to see that Ruddock report and, and what, it, what it recommends and how they got to those recommendations. Um, that doesn't mean that, um, you know, the release of the Ruddock report does, wouldn't mean that suddenly religious freedom was under no threat in our country. I mean, it just means the debate continues, not. doesn't it? It does, and, and we, we are going to have a continuing debate. I mean, part of the, the uh, again, the impact of, of those calls from people, from your listeners and others, was that we did start to see a shift. There was an open letter from ourselves and other faith leaders to, to the, the Prime Minister and Opposition Leader around this on Wednesday, and the media started to actually become aware of some of the concerns that religious freedom was a real issue. Now, we started to have those uh, tough questions being asked of MPs, which was great. Um, hmm. And it was in that context we actually heard, we really got to the core of the issue. I mean, we know that there are some people in Parliament, uh, the Greens leader, Richard De Natale, who, who made a comment about not wanting us to be able to teach that, that rubbish. That's right, that's what he said. Talk, talk teach about. that rubbish. That is, whether he believes it or not, whatever he thinks, he wants to gag hmm. the churches from teaching their doctrine. Yeah, so you don't just have uh, Baptist uh, Richard Bunyan sitting in jail, you might have us sitting in jail if Richard De Natale got his way, if we're not teaching his view of faith and, and beliefs. Yes, I don't take lightly what you've just said. I wonder whether there are circumstances in which Australia might go that way. And you know me better than almost anyone on this planet, Mark. We worked together for 15 years. I'm, I'm not given to um, hysterical argument, but I think that I know enough people in Christian schooling and in other parts of Christendom around Australia to know that if it came to not being able, for instance, in Tasmania, where the law is about to be changed potentially so that if someone says, I want you to call me by the other gender now, she or whatever it might be, and you don't, then you could be held up for discrimination. Yeah, or even in Victoria where it was only by one vote that uh, similar laws weren't passed there a couple of years ago that would have allowed people to change their sex on their birth certificates based on their identified gender. You know, not more than once a year, but every other year they could change that. Not more than once a year. Yeah, well, uh, you could laugh. Some of those things seem quite silly. I mean, they're obviously important to some people, but are they worth actually gagging and changing language and uh, doing away with the openness to speak plainly and with respect about religious beliefs? And, and they, they are important issues to, to, to some people, and not, and not at all denying that at all. It's, uh, it's not about uh, stopping those people who have concerns in an area, who have beliefs in an area from uh, uh, living out their life in, in that way. But what we are talking about is balancing that with the ability of others to, to share our beliefs, to talk our beliefs uh, to, to those we teach, and to live out in a manner consistent with our beliefs as well. Well, a final question for you, Mark Spencer. I probably two. I need to ask this both ways, so it'll be two questions. There it is. Just so you don't think I'm breaking any promises here. <laughs> the question is essentially this: um, Did you expect better of the PM? And then I'm going to ask you about the Labor Party as well. But did you expect better of the PM during the week? 
far better for me to, to criticise either the PM or the opposition leader. I'm, I'm not going to do that. I, we, we have bipartisan support on, on the desire, and we have mm. support from our sector to, to not discriminate against kids. Mm. We have you know, words from, from both um, opposition leader uh, Bill Shorten, personally in the, in the marriage survey last year, and certainly from the, the Prime Minister, about the importance of religious freedom. Mm. The trouble is the law. That's the problem. The way it's drafted, the way it's so complicated, you just can't simply have uh, solve one problem without affecting the other in the current structure of the law. And that's that's yeah. what uh, we've been saying for years. And, and submission, many submissions to the Ruddock Review said that yeah. we need to do better. We need to get the law better so we can do both and balance them properly. Well, you very cleverly answered both questions in one. Mark Spencer, thanks for the work you do. Uh, thanks for a great year, and thanks for being on Open House. It's always a pleasure, Stephen. And look, it's a, it's a wonderful show. I do want to thank you for the great work you do in informing um, you know, your listeners and, and those in the community around some of these really vital issues that, that we just don't often don't otherwise get at this depth and the level of understanding that, that you bring to this. So thank you for the role you play in that as well. That's very kind, Mark. Thank you. God bless. Take care. Mark Spencer, he's the Executive Officer of Policy and Government Relations at Christian Schools Australia um, and a friend of mine, it's, it's plain to you, we worked together closely for 15 years at that organisation before I left, uh, oh, it seems like two years ago, it must be two years ago. I had a beautiful um, note during the week from Katrina Wandsborough, she's the Principal of St Andrews Christian College in Melbourne, she's been the Principal of two Christian schools and she was one of those who, with Mark and others, gave evidence at a Senate committee that was looking at this matter. And I just want to read you a little part of the evidence that Katrina gave because I think it sums it up so beautifully. This is what Katrina Wandsborough, principal, Christian school principal, um, told the Senate committee. First of all, we don't discriminate against students or want to discriminate against any student in any way, especially on the basis of their sexuality, especially on the basis of their sexuality. We have a non-threatening environment and our school is a safe place for everyone. An active effort is made not to approve or disapprove of any student because approval is conditional. It says, if you do this, I will like you. I will approve of you. All students are accepted for who they are, that is, made in the image of God, but also unique in their different personalities, their religions, their cultures, their backgrounds, their gender and their sex. We care for and nurture every student. And Katrina's evidence went on. When parents are interviewed for enrolment to the school, so they have a get-to-know-you interview, um, as all schools do, or most schools do anyway, they certainly do in Christian schools. Uh, this is what Katrina Wandsbrook, Christian school principal, says to parents. And I can tell you that they are interviewing people of all kinds, mixed, blended, same-sex, the whole work. This is what she says to the parents. We're happy with you. But are you really happy and content with who we are as a school? We are a genuine Christian school where Christ is the foundation of everything that happens in the school. Faith is not compartmentalised. Religion is not a separate subject. Our faith affects every part of our life, our thoughts and our actions. So it is in a Christian school where Christ is foundational in every aspect of the college. She tells the parents, we love Jesus so much that we'll be praying that your child accepts Jesus as Lord in their life and becomes a Christian. So there's nothing, there's nothing hidden there, right? This is what happens. She says, how do you feel about that? Are you still happy to enroll your child at this school? 
And I know from personal experience that Katrina's wonderful work there at St Andrews is echoed across the country in these Christian schools. There is nothing hidden. And parents choose that sort of education. Now, if if the law was changed in the way that the Labor Party is, and especially the Greens are proposing, there would be no openness about that, and there wouldn't be the opportunity for parents to choose that sort of education for their children. It's as important as that, in fact, more important than that. It's actually about the freedom of people of religion, people of faith, to speak and act openly in accordance with their conscience. And who in their right mind would want to legislate against that. Discover more Open House podcasts at openhousecommunity.com.au.